Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution. Creators of the most powerful marketing and communication software built specifically to meet the needs of insurance agencies and brokerages. If you believe that the relationship you have with your clients is the heart of your business, then you need to see how Agency Revolution can make those relationships stronger, deeper, and longer. If you haven't done it lately, visit agencyrevolution.com to receive a free demo of their award-winning software today. Well, uh, this conversation is focused on a serious topic, which sometimes happens in the insurance industry because we're focusing on a threat. In this case, cyber. And I wonder how many of my listeners are ready for that phone call that happens shortly after, let's say, eight o'clock in the morning when a client shows up at their office, a small or medium-sized business. They turn on their computer and all they see is a ransom demand and uh, they can't turn on their computers. They can't use their systems. They may not even be able to use their telephones. And then they get on their mobile phone after they break into a cold sweat. Maybe they call their insurance agent to make sure they're covered. Are you ready for that phone call? So it's an emerging issue. Uh, It's not a new issue, but it is certainly a growing issue in the number of stories uh, that we're exposed to in contemporary media are growing. And the stories seem to be more and more real, not just dealing with Fortune 1000 companies, but also dealing with, again, small to medium businesses. So I was fortunate to be introduced to my guest, Kingsley Flynn, who brings 46 years of insurance experience to the cyber world. So for those of you who do have business clients, I'll urge you to please pay attention to this as Kingsley shares his perspective on the emerging threats, the role of the agent and the broker and the trends in cyber insurance. So without further ado, it's my privilege to introduce you to this conversation with Kingsley Flynn. King Flynn, how are you? Michael, happy Wednesday. Good to be with you. Yeah, thank you for being here. I'm going to introduce you to the uh, audience since uh, they may not know you as well as perhaps I'm beginning to get to know you. King Flynn has 46 years industry experience including Johnson & Higgins, Marsha McLennan, Palmer K. and Beasley, uh, prior to joining Sayata, which we will talk about shortly. King most recently led the U.S. broker relations practice for Beasley. His trading ties to global insurers, including Lloyd's, date back to 1975, spanning marine, offshore energy, property, professional, cyber, and executive risks. A familiar face at Lloyd's over his career, King's hands-on broking experience dates back to 1978, working in the room under Lloyd's Brokers substitute ticket. 
Um, King was part of the team that established the U.S. business for Beasley Group in 2004. He has served as an informal ambassador for Lloyd's and the London market by actively promoting the strength of the market through learning events and lectures for U.S. brokers, underwriters, and university risk management programs. He joined Sayada in 2020 as head of insurance to launch the cyber platform. King enjoys decades-long experience working with U.S. wholesale brokers. So, um, gosh and gollies, I was hoping, King, we'd get somebody here uh, on this podcast who knew a thing or two about insurance, but we'll take what we can get. Um, <laughs> so, what, welcome to this conversation. Thank you for joining us, and how are you? Uh, just great. And, uh, yeah, let me just say, up, up front, it's been a just a wonderful experience for me personally working in, in our industry. And I like to share with our younger colleagues or uh, younger people I've worked with over my career that uh, I like to say I learn something new every day. So even in my at my tender age, I, I learn something new and that uh, that, that makes it exciting and, and keeps it fresh. Well, I suspect that uh, we have something to learn from you. So let me share with you uh, some of the things that I'm really interested in covering during this conversation. One, of course, now it, you've been in the industry a long time. You know insurance from the inside out. And now you are head of insurance for a, an insure tech, a technology company. So I'm curious what that perspective is like, like uh, what, uh, how you see the technology has and is shaping and reshaping the industry. I want to talk about um, trends in uh, cyber uh, and cyber threats and we kind of, you know, what's happening in that direction. And then uh, uh, I also want to pick your brain on real world threats to brokers and to the industry and, of course, to clients in terms of, of cyber because we see it well, we see it showing up in the news, uh, and um, sometimes these stories don't seem like they're so far away. Sometimes a number of these stories sound an awful lot like, well, brokers or customers of brokers. And then, of course, I want to talk about the solution that you and your firm is bringing to um, to the industry. So let's start big, uh, just big picture, King. Um, you, like I said, it's pretty obvious from reading your resume, you know a thing or two about insurance. You've been in the industry for a long time, uh, but it's changed and it's changing. And I'm curious. And, and let me share this perspective with you. I heard, um, I think this was in a Sam Harris podcast where his guest said that um, technology is upstream of culture. And as they pursued that conversation, I think the, the, real, the real understanding is tech tech is upstream of virtually almost everything. When we talk about consumer behavior changing, for example, it's changing because tech has enabled it to change. And so when we talk about insurance changing, it seems that tech is um, enabling it to change. So um, those tech trends and the changes in the industry, I'm, I'm curious what your perspective is and where you think it's going. Okay, good, good question. So I spent uh, some 30 years on the broker side. You saw that in my uh, biographical sketch. And during that time, I had the opportunity to work alongside industry specialty groups, which included technology. And these were, as I like to say, these are people that could not spell insurance, but they knew a lot about trends and exposures 
that affected specifically the tech industry. And so for a period of time, I led a group of uh, industry practices for a a broker. And uh, through that experience, I got to meet a number of clients in the technology space uh, and also service providers that support the tech industry. So I've I've got a bit of a view there. Um, As cyber, as a standalone specialty insurance has evolved, uh, many carriers and brokers have developed specialty practices in their own organizations that bring in folks from the tech world to help them uh, navigate how to either underwrite or uh, make the business case to the client for why cyber insurance is important. Uh, Working today for an insure tech has been great. And one of the things we decided to do early on at Sayada was to make sure that we complemented our tech our tech team, which is very, very deep, with folks that understand the insurance industry. So we have a nice balance of our, our team represents a nice balance of insurance industry practitioners alongside uh, some very forward thinking and innovative uh, technology uh, uh, resources. Um, and technology is, you know, it's, I, I like to say that we want to use technology as a tool, but we can't lose sight of the fact of what is happening on the ground, you know, with clients that are facing uh, today uh, a very tough market in, in uh, cyber insurance. Well, uh, t- talk to us about um, cyber, the cyber threats um, that you know, um, that justify the business case you were talking about. Okay. How, how real is it? How big is it? Where is it going? Well, let me say up front, there's a wealth of information out there, which is free for the asking. And I will, uh, I'll spare you, Michael, the books on tape version <laughs> of uh, all the, okay. all, all the risks relative to cyber. Uh, Cause we could spend <laughs> uh, days on, on that topic. So within Insurance carriers and brokers, as I mentioned earlier, they've developed some teams that focus on cyber as a industry practice. They bring a lot of resource material to the table, which is free for the asking. And mm-hmm. following the podcast today, I'm happy to you know send you um, some links to some resources there. That'd be uh, valuable. You, yeah. So you can read. Okay. And, and in mm-hmm. addition to that, uh, some of the larger industry organizations uh, that focus on professional lines have also developed uh, what I would call very rich libraries on on cyber on cyber insurance or risks associated with with cyber. The buzz around cyber is not new, right? Um, probably. Uh, came shortly after the internet um, when people began to recognize that opening up uh, a company's infrastructure the way the internet does also opens it up to some risk. Um, so I'm, I'm curious. I've got a few questions about this. The first is, how, how well do you think we're doing as an industry protecting our customers and clients from the cyber risks and threats? 
the industry has come a very long way. Um, uh-huh. If you look at the uh, uh, it, early... Uh, uh, when you say that, is, is in terms of the... Is it the quality of the protection uh, that's come a long way or the um, the application of that protection or, or both, do you think? I, I'd say it's both because it's a combination of pure insurance coverage as well as services mm-hmm. that a carrier or a broker may provide their clients to help them in terms of mitigating the risk. So if we go back to the days of the you know stone tablet cyber policy some decades back, it didn't cover much. Premiums were uh, eye-wateringly high. And we've now evolved to the point where the product itself is evolving, I almost say weekly, but certainly monthly, as carriers get a stronger grasp on what some of the risks out there. Now, that by itself creates a challenge for the brokers because with a policy that is or the, or a market that's changing so quickly, it is oftentimes hard to keep up with you know, all, all of the changes that are, um, that span the entire cyber marketplace. So when you talk about the changes, are, are these, um, is it that, um, bad actors are, are, um, continuing to innovate new ways to cause damage? That, that's certainly driving uh, some of this. So we see in the, uh, the exposure area we, we call ransomware, um, that, that continues to run wild uh, in terms of producing a lot of claims to the carriers and, and to, uh, to clients. That's constantly changing. Um, and that is also impacting how carriers look at certain industry classes. So maybe a year ago, they were all keen and all in on municipalities or school Mm -hmm. districts. And today that's all perhaps changed. They may have said we've had uh, enough fun in in those industries. Uh, So you see uh, a widespread movement of carriers to some degree uh, refocusing their efforts on how they underwrite certain industry classes. They may exit certain industry classes. To me, that creates an opportunity perhaps for um, other participants in the market. If they know, they they may have figure out a way to underwrite that business um, effectively. And so it's both a, it's a negative in terms of there may be less market available for certain industries. On the flip side, uh-huh. it may yeah. prove to be an opportunity for other carriers or brokers to devise ways to, uh, you know, help their clients in those industries. So it's a it's it's a two two pronged uh, a two pronged issue there. Okay, uh, let's uh, zero in on the um, the ransomware issue for a moment. As I recall, the last time you and I had a conversation, you said something that was. Um, that has stuck in my mind that the capacity of the bad actors to um, execute on a ransomware um, on on their ransomware strategies has 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 more than ten x right. I mean, they've scaled the capacity. Talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, sure. So about six months ago, our chief executive officer um, Asaf Lifchitz was invited to speak to a panel. 
which included some some brokers and uh, insurers and uh, our founding partners, of course, bring a deep view of what's happening uh, behind the scenes with some of these these bad actors. Uh, our founding partners all came out of the Israeli Defense Force in their elite cybersecurity cyber warfare unit, the Talpoit program. So they have a they have a unique perspective into all of this. Asaf noted that maybe a year ago, uh, some of the bad actors might be capable of sending out ransomware demands to a hundred or a thousand individuals or businesses. Um, today, some of them probably have the capacity to send out a million. So we don't see any uh, any trending downward of the number of ransomware demands going out to either individuals or private businesses or governmental entities. Uh, that, that's just a, unfortunately, that's just a fact that we all have to live with in both our personal life and and what we do uh, in, in our business uh, organizations. You know, if we go back, well, maybe not that long ago, we can, we can all think of ransomware incidences that have been reported in major news outlets, and and those tend to be large, right? Like a a major energy utility or you know a a, a company of some significance, a major meat packer or something. Um, but uh, uh, from time to time, we hear stories about smaller companies being held captive. What's going on there? What, it sounds like this is a real threat for a small to medium-sized business. This uh, can also, well, this hits home to uh, people in our own industry. So um, uh-huh. uh, some uh, insurance you know, brokers and agents uh, have seen their organizations um, receive ransomware demands. and the amounts involved may not be eye-watering in terms of amount. They may be a few thousand dollars. The problem, of course, is their systems become shut down. And I remember speaking with someone who had uh, experienced such an attack, and it not only affected their client management system, how they manage their insurance mm-hmm. uh, their, their insurance relationship with clients and, and brokers, uh, but it shut down. Yeah, this, was, this was this was an agency or uh, uh, this, an was, MGA this was or? a uh, this was a wholesale broker. Yes. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so it affected you know the phone system and all kinds of things. So while the ransomware demand um, may not be a huge amount, they can be huge. May not be a huge amount uh, that can wreck havoc on a, a small business. So the damage can be, in some cases, more than the amount of the ransom. Correct. Yeah, the, the downstream disruption. effect of that disruption, business reputation, the whole. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whole circle of um, uh, <laughs> things that can occur. Okay. Um, and so it's not just uh, you don't need to be a Fortune 500 company to be vulnerable to a, uh, a cyber attack. And that's you, right. You, and you could be a, you could be a neighborhood in a main street insurance agency and show up at eight o'clock in the morning and try to turn your computer on and get a message. Yeah. Absolutely. And that'll change yeah. your plans for the day. That's right. It makes, okay. makes for a, makes for a bad week. Yes. 
makes her a bad week. Um, all right. So if uh, for the broker, um, you know, they're. Uh, I'm not sure if the if the clients today, if they're glazing over, or if they're thinking, you know, it can't happen to me. Um, but it, it would seem that <clears throat> appropriate protection for cyber um, should be moving more and more towards uh, a, um, uh, a standard policy presentation. That this should this should really be viewed as something exotic. It should be just part of their corporate risk management program. It's no longer a um, maybe a shiny penny that uh, people, a few people are buying. Uh, it, it's something that they should incorporate into their, really into their business practices. And we don't have to go back too many years to remember when uh, brokers were advocating clients to look at the purchase of standalone cyber. Immediately, their IT team, tech team would jump in uh, and push back on that along the lines ah. that, of course, we're protecting everything. We've got all the protocols, protections in place. Why should we be looking at the placement of standalone cyber insurance? Uh, as things have borne out, there really is, uh, you know, cyber is meant to um, support that client, including their tech team, uh, to hopefully mitigate or reduce um, the pain that goes that's involved with either a um, actual data breach or a ransomware attack or uh, some other form of um, you know entry into that company's business that's mm -hmm. going to just wreak havoc on them. So uh, for several years, brokers had the um, the, the no fun job of trying to sell the client on the idea or at least promote the idea that cyber is needed, but this is in no way a criticism or being critical of their uh, IT or, or tech team. Got it. And, um, and I think we've moved beyond that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So are you, um, yeah, I, I suppose at some point the marketplace <clears throat> will hit if it hasn't already, but I, I don't know that it has a tipping point in its understanding and acceptance of this as a genuine risk. Do you think we're, are we there? Is it far away? Where, where are we in terms of market traction, market acceptance? So from the client standpoint, I think market acceptance is, or the acceptance of the need for purchasing standalone is 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 there. I, I don't want to say it's a hundred percent, but it's, it's getting there pretty, pretty right. quickly. Um, yeah. the issue for the market, the issue for the insurance market, and whether we're talking, um, insure techs or traditional insurance carriers, the flow of business has rocketed up the last few years. And so then the issue becomes for the insurer, uh, how do we manage all of this business? And that brings into play how do we define what our total aggregate exposure is on cyber, even on small cyber? Because as you know, there could be uh, a single event uh, that could impact a number of the insurer's clients over their portfolio of business, not just one client. So right. it's, a, it's, right. it's tough for them. And so they also have to look at, okay, 
do we have adequate aggregate capacity to write this business? What are the reinsurers thinking about this? Um, and so the market is clearly growing uh, leaps and bounds. <clears throat> the issue now is is we're moving from where there's acceptance by the client. So there is, I'd say broadly, broadly speaking, there is acceptance by the client. Now to how do the insurers effectively manage that exposure given the the flood of new business coming into the market. As a product, this may have been expensive when it first launched, which is an unusual. Do you think now, is it priced right? Is it, um, you know, I mean, ultimately that's determined by whether or not it's appropriately profitable for the carrier. Um, has, has the industry figured out how to price this product? I can't, uh, you know, I'm not in a position to offer an informed view on what okay. each carrier, how they would respond to that. But I will say <laughs> that um, if we look at the trends in rates, so we had a period of time where there was sufficient capacity, a lot of business was being underwritten by the market, both by carriers and insurtechs. So that's all mm-hmm. swimmingly great. But right. then um, claims started to increase. And so we've seen I've seen a couple of industry sources. I'm not sure if this is completely accurate, but some industry sources cite that there's been a there was a 96 percent increase, average increase in rates in the third quarter of 2021. Okay, uh, so wow. rates are okay. Rates yeah. are taken off. Yeah, rates are taken off. Um, coupled with that is the pain brokers are feeling, and their clients are feeling with some carriers reducing their appetite on certain industry classes combined with them taking or provided with the limits being reduced at renewal. So a carrier may have offered for a number of years a limit of say $5 million. Come renewal, they may reduce that to two or three that then prompts the broker to look at okay how do we get back up to five and that would be you know a separate you know excess placement um so there are a lot of factors it's the claims are driving some of the rate increase Mm -hmm. um reinsurers behind sitting behind many insurance companies or mgas are reassessing how they look at cyber from the standpoint of how do we manage this from an aggregate standpoint because it's now become a very big market and then the brokers um, having oftentimes not given a lot of time to make changes uh, because a carrier or just because of market trends there's a bit sometimes there's a bit of herd mentality that goes on so if it, i hate to use the word domino effect but we may have a certain carrier that says, well, we're going to exit um, allied healthcare risks, you know, blood banks, tissue banks, yeah. imaging centers, that, that sort of secondary healthcare uh, slice. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you may find other carriers kind of follow suit because they, they rely on, <clears throat> you know, sharing some amount of information on, you know, what, what's happening in, in just different industries. And so that, that may create, uh, I hate to use the word, but a, a run on the bank. And so 
more and more carriers may exit a certain industry class. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and that causes a, you know, that causes a lot of upset for uh, the brokers and their, and of course their clients. You had mentioned, I think that your founders uh, hail from Israeli defense. Yes, they were uh, comrades in arms at the, you know, in the Israeli defense force, the idea of, yes, that's okay. correct. Okay. Um, yep. So, so can, can you share the story behind uh, your firm and, and, sure. and how... Happy yeah, to. How, how an insure tech emerged from, um, yeah, from that environment. So our three founding print principles uh, had established Sayata as, as a company some years back. This was before we launched um, the business that I'm directly engaged with. Mm-hmm. And they provided cybersecurity consulting to governmental entities, private enterprises, uh, for, for several years, uh, bringing, bringing to bear their experience in this uh, space. Um, our CEO, Asaf, was, uh, became intrigued with what was happening in the industry. So he started attending um, a number of industry conferences, like the one you just attended uh, in, in Las Vegas uh, last fall, and was hearing more and more about cyber as a product, but also from the standpoint that the small cyber market, and we'll call that SMB as it's affectionately known, but kind of that small mm-hmm. to mid-sized risk, right. was creating a lot of work for brokers. And so he zeroed in on looking at how wholesale brokers, and that's our client base, wholesale brokers, how they were placing that, that business in the market. And so they may uh, be spending a fair amount of time on relatively small business, small, when I say small risk, uh, reaching out to individual carriers directly or perhaps approaching them through the many carriers have developed a single sign-on portals and pulling those quotes. And so now they have, let's say they've pulled four to five to six quotes from the market. And now they have right. to uh, collate that into a sensible presentation to send to the retail agent. And that can take quite a bit of time. So Asaf looked at this and working with the founding partners decided, you know what, there may be a way to help those wholesale brokers in improving uh, their efficiency uh, in that small cyber business, which frees up time for them to spend with their clients on larger risks, more complex risks really deliver mm-hmm. kind of the value added, which many of the wholesale brokers uh, can do uh, because they have experience in those larger, more complex risks. So our idea was to help take some of that work off the table for them. And I like to say we kind of work in the boiler room. So I, I view our role as we're working in the boiler room of the wholesale broker trying to help them in that. So that that's how it sort of, um, that's how the idea sort of germinated. And then um, I joined in January of 2020 uh, alongside a former colleague of mine, uh, Valerie Owens. So Val and I started, mm-hmm. and then we've, we've since been building out the building out the business since there, and it's been a great, great ride. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of years and an interesting time. Uh, I had launched around them, right? Right. You were a relatively early member of the team. Uh, that's right. From the insurance, yeah. For, for as far as the uh, insurance. Uh, Discipline, if you will, within Insiata. Um, the, actually, the first employee was Ben Goldfein, and Ben's our operations manager. Uh, mm-hmm. He's based in Boston, and so he runs a team that 
looks after all the day-to-day -day work on transactions through the platform. So Ben was actually the first insurance hire. Uh, I think it was October of 2019. Uh, Val and I joined the beginning of, of 2020. Got it. All right. Uh, uh, good. So yeah, you, you had mentioned um, that um, the uh, the distribution of the product through uh, your platform uh, grew significantly between year one and year two, uh, right? Uh, so without right. without without naming numbers, <laughs> the uh, the distribution was. Um, uh, uh, significantly more in the second year, in this past year. Do, do you think uh, that, I mean, obviously some of that is the maturity of the company and, and you know, the, the relationships that you have developed within the industry. Do you think some of it also represents a growing trend in um, interest and concern about cyber? Well, I think the the there's been a strong demand for cyber with our clients. So our clients are the wholesale brokers, Mm -hmm. um, and they see a huge volume of that small to mid-sized cyber business from their agents. So that 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 business is you know baked into their model. They 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 have to you know, they manage that business you know very effectively. And we're trying to help them with some efficiency, you know, speed to market, and giving them some tools to show their retail agents. Um, why cyber is important. They're doing this already, but we try to give them some additional tools here. As we've built the platform, I would say, and hard to guess a percentage, but a, a high percentage of the improvements we've made are directly yeah. re the result of feedback from our wholesale brokers. We don't keep track of versions like some tech companies do. If I had to guess, we're probably on version, you know, 225.2 uh, because uh, almost every week um, our fantastic team in Tel Aviv are just working on improvements to the platform through a sprint process and we, we, we roll that out. Uh, we also do not contract with third-party developers. So all the work we do on the platform is all done by uh, Sciata colleagues. Got it. All right. So, uh, King, if, if you were going to speak directly to the uh, independent insurance agent, which to some extent, that's exactly what we're doing in this conversation. If you wanted to deliver a message um, uh, uh, about cyber, what is it that you would say? What, what do you think is important for today's agent to hear? Good question. Uh, I think agents, so the independent retail agent, first off, have to make a decision on partnering up with a wholesale broker that understands this business intimately well. Many agents, as you know, are focused <laughs> on general property casualty lines, general liability, commercial auto, mm -hmm. and perhaps don't have an expertise or full understanding of, of cyber. And because it's such a specialty product, um, the independent agents of the world really need to look to the wholesale broker market to be their work in their engine room. Okay. Just like we work in the wholesale engine room, work in that boiler room for the, uh, for the agent to help them because they can provide a lot of, not just pure placement services on placing the risk, but also give them a rich uh, library of information on why cyber 
is important to their clients. And the wholesale brokers that we work with, they all have specialty teams in this space. They've devoted a lot of time to um, presenting papers and insights into what's happening with different industries and how cyber could affect their industry. So healthcare, transportation, energy, retail, you name it, you know, the list goes on. And so those wholesale brokers have developed some excellent uh, resources. So they, it's almost like, you know, picking, uh, I guess, picking your account to do your tax return. I want to find somebody that's, you know, that that's good, but, uh, you know, spends the time uh, do, doing my return properly and knows, uh, you know, all of the uh, ins and outs of the uh, tax regulation. So I think the agents, that, that that's your most important, I think, upfront decision. And then from there, um, you can, you know, lean on the wholesale broker to provide some excellent, excellent resource. And then we're, again, we're kind of in the, working in the boiler room for the wholesaler to provide them with some uh, additional Uh, help. Okay. So for clarification, um, uh, obviously uh, risk management is a critical part of the uh, broker client relationship Um, in order, uh, in order to gain some facility there, uh, would you suggest the same thing that the, their relationship with the MGA can be a resource for their, um, cultivating their own risk management expertise? Yes. Yeah. And I think, um, I, you know, I think this is a great opportunity, frankly, for younger people in the industry. So if you're a younger, uh, producer or broker at an independent agent, um, Uh cyber is a fantastic, um, discipline to kind of get learn about, you know, become not necessarily become an expert in three years, but really understand some of the the risks associated with, with, with cyber. Um, and then also relying on the resource of that wholesale broker that can help them. Yeah. Okay. Um, King, if uh, listeners want to learn more about Sayada, how can they do that? Uh, sure. So we, as I mentioned, our distribution is 100% wholesale brokers, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're happy to um, ping our our website with an inquiry. I usually will see that uh, that that'll get uh, triaged usually over to my desk, and uh, we can uh, we can put them in touch with one of the wholesale brokers that we work with. Got it. Very good. And um, your website is. Share with us the URL sure. and the it's, spelling uh, of Sayata. It's www.sayata.com. Very simple. Okay. And I'm curious, what, what does Sayata mean? Where Do you know where that name emerges from? Um, you know, I asked that, that very question uh, <laughs> on the first meeting okay. with the, our principals. Uh, and it's an ancient Aramaic, Aramaic um, term. Um, and I'm going to probably butcher the English translation. You know, I think there's probably a better translation and, and perhaps other, you know, whether it's Hebrew or other languages, but it's an ancient Aramaic and it's um, go with God or good with God. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Very good. Well, <laughs> we're, uh, then it would be appropriate as we wind up uh, here for me to say Sayada King, and thank you very much for joining us. Great. Thank you for the time. Indeed. No, it was a pleasure. And this is an important topic for all of us to get educated upon. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. 
Explore the connected insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.